Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. So I'm Louise, um, Director of Education, and we're putting on some of these webinars for practice managers just to try and help out in any way we can. Um, and we've done, the, we're doing them once a month. We've done about, this probably about fourth, I think now, with Carla. Um, so working with development people and trying to get the balance of what we'd say right, trying to get, get the mood right, which is a, a bit of a challenge. Um, but it's lovely to see you and thank you for spending time with us. And um, I'll hand straight over to um, Lucy and Paul from the development people to take us through. Oh, well, welcome, guys. I know you're very, very busy at the moment, so it's great that you were able to take a bit of time out for yourselves this afternoon. Um, it is Friday afternoon. The sun is shining. We've worked out. Most of us don't have a flood too near us, and we're all here together. So there's loads of positives we can put together in one little bucket isn't it, and use this afternoon. Um, welcome. Angie's joined us as well, and June. Um, hi, June. Yeah, there's a wave. There's a wave. Um, I'm here with my colleague, Paul, today. He's here. Oh, yeah. You can hear him. On my screen, he's next to me. He could be anywhere on yours. I just, you never know what other people can see, can you? But that's the way it goes. So we've been um, probably session by session working out the content for these because we try to react to your needs or to understand what's going on. And we'll talk to Louise about what's going on out in the field. Um, but actually, this one was a little bit tougher to come up with a topic for today because... We didn't want to go sort of too positive fairy and jump around saying, look, if you just put a smile on your face, it'll all be OK, because I think you're all past that point and probably wouldn't be too impressed with us if we tried to do that. Um, and secondly, if we went down the here's some tools and here's some great things you can use with your team, you would probably equally go, well, that's great. But, you know, tell me well, I'm going to have a look at that as well. So we've been both those ideas for today. Uh, and what we've done is come up with something a little bit different. So it's a topic that we've been reading about that came up. We'd found some really useful resources and we thought we would have a discussion around it today, which means for you, you can sit back and enjoy. Uh, we'd like to hear from you if you want to get involved and share your views, but it might be something you can reflect on, take some thoughts from or apply for yourself that might make things that are going on a minute, um, at the moment a little bit easier in some way. So entirely up to you, but you will certainly be able to take something away from it. So we've got a little craft of things that we'll give you, as it were. So the topic is actually success, and more importantly, success and happiness and how they link, which we found uh, quite interesting, didn't we, Paul, when we came up with this um, these podcasts and stuff this week? So we are sending you away with some stuff um, that you can listen to to give some more context to what we're, we're going to go with. But for a start... Uh, we're going to ask you a question, actually. So I'm going to use the poll to do it, if you could. It's anonymous, so you can you can fill it out how you like. I'm just trying to get a sense of the room. Um, and it is around the subject of um, success. So the question I'm going to launch to you is, how successful do you feel at the moment from a whole role perspective using a scale of naught to 10? Yes, naught's available if you need it. Okay, I'm kidding. Um, and I've put, it up, put up some things. So I'm gonna launch it now so you can see. Naught to two is I'm not succeeding at much, firefighting and feel like I'm drowning. Three to four, getting some bits done, but feel like the tide is turning against me. Five to six, a mixture. Seven, successful. Nine to ten, I've got everything under control. No problem. Feeling great about it, yeah. Probably, I'd be amazed if anybody gets that far. But yeah, it's anonymous, so do please just tick it. It'd be interesting to see where we're at. Oh, we've just got one coming into the waiting room. So I'm going to just share the results. So a couple of you feeling like it's, uh, yeah, a bit against you, really. Get some bits done, but not totally on top of it. 
most of you in the mixture box some things are going well some things not quite getting on and doing which is totally understandable and we got a couple of you feeling like you're kind of there which is great so that's a good place to be definitely I'm not sure any of us probably feel like in the nine to ten box that seems like a bit of a stretch actually um but yeah so that's roughly where we are at the moment brilliant so we're going to explore some questions now it is interesting about how we view success and this is the bit we kind of want to discuss and have a bit of a a chat with you about so actually when you're thinking about answering that question what types of things were you thinking about that made you feel like you were having success in what you were doing what types of things came to mind I think one of the things is looking how many emails you've got in your inbox (laughs) so emails is a measure yeah if, if that was me i'd be in trouble there's way too many in my inbox it's not good um i've, I've uh, have i ticked off most things in my diary for this morning I uh, think that's fine, yeah. is this the to-do list june mm. um, gonna... I, I suppose mine is just i suppose we have set up covid clinics for thousands of people with about five minutes notice and they've all been very successful and the patients have been very 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 grateful um but i just feel i haven't done my day job for three months and there are things you have to do and i won't i mean i'm i have a bit of an imposter syndrome anyway because my 42 years obviously counts for absolutely nothing you know that so <laughs> i just feel like i'm always trying i felt like that even before bloody covid that i was never on top of things so big practice 25,000 patients and lots of partners and staff does tend to and even though you have help I have two deputies uh, yeah well you know how I feel I'm sure everybody does so I make a little I was a two to three I was one of those I'm sorry I was like (laughs) so Judith don't 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 do that and I think what we've noticed working with groups is people are sort of doing this at the moment and depending on the day you catch them they're slightly here or they're slightly there so we're either we're one question away from tears or we're going it's all right today's a good day and and we're mixing around all over the shop and I think that that's totally understandable so COVID clinics and stuff is some definitely some signs of successes isn't it at the moment and being able to run those and hear the great positive feedback I worked in one last week and just phenomenal to see how it's working absolutely brilliant really inspiring actually and a credit to all the teams involved but the day job is the bit that doesn't feel so successful because it's all still there in the background all these tasks okay anybody else who hasn't spoken what how else did you measure success when you thought of this answer i find at the at the start of the day if i've got enough clinicians on the ground um to take the calls from patients that's a bit of a win at the start of the day (laughs) <laughs> that means you can get on and do the next next raft of things i guess doesn't yeah it? that's not your first firefighting you have to deal with brilliant so having enough clini- um, clinicians around to do the work okay who else I think for, for me oh. for me it's about lack of feedback from um, the partners as well and misunderstanding about what we've got on the ground level it's the share level of uh, work that's involved it's not just the email it's the daily communications um coming down and and the staff i mean i really would like to see uh, get something from any of you guys to see how we can communicate everything to every every staff every day um, and then them coming back and getting criticized that oh i didn't know about this i didn't know about that um it's just driving me potty at the moment uh, I, 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 among the other things of and i think one of one of the ladies mentioned not about you you come up with a nice uh, tick list and what you want to do during the day 
and that's how I would measure my success as well. But uh, yeah, I think none of us are finishing the uh, task list at the end of the day. Uh, by the when I look at it at the end of the week, it's probably grown more than I've ticked off, yeah. and then something's fallen off, you know. Um, so that's me. <laughs> Absolutely, Kamish, thank you. And you know what? If we had the answer to how to get rid of a to-do list and how to communicate effectively in a team, we'd all be millionaires, you know, because these are a couple of the challenges on an ongoing basis, but we can definitely work towards it. So that tip list is yours. Thank you. Uh, Len, are you going to I think ask? one of the things that um, I was looking at, when, when you put the questions up and it said about it, out of your control, I think anything within my control, I'm fairly successful at unfortunately there's so much now which is outside of my control mm. and it's not that i don't feel i'm i'm doing badly against those but i'm not sure we collectively are, are, are really successful at the mm. moment i think it's right that we've you know we've got covid clinics running and we've got some very happy people and lots of feedback but i think we could do a lot more and um that's yeah, unfortunately, that's out of my control. So I just need to um, park that and yeah. uh, just get on with the day job. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's a great thought process to have around it. But it's interesting. Yeah, you're in your terms of success. It's not just what you do, but it's how we're working as a collective team at a higher level to offer what we can. Fantastic. OK, um, I'll ask another question around it is um, when we're thinking about measuring success, what else could we measure? So we've talked about the day job, how many emails I've got, what I'm getting done, if there's enough clinicians in, is the communications working, am I on top of the stuff that I can control? What other things could we measure as success? Going home on time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think our success would be um, around 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 the team and obviously uh, how they feel and everything else. But I think it's about you being to have your me time. Yeah. Uh, I, you have your breaks and going home on time and working within your time limit. I think that's one way to measure your success. But I, I totally take your uh, point aboard. It's about what you can control and what's not under your control. And sometimes that, and under present circumstances, um, something that's not under your control um, does affect what is under your control, if you see what I mean, um, I, I, I generally. And I think we're, we are managers because we are conscious of what we are doing and, and, and we want to provide the best. And I think sometimes not under your control can really frustrate you as well. Absolutely. If that yeah. makes sense. Of course it does. <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah, I'm with you. But I like that around some of the success measures could be around, am I getting what I need? Am I getting my breaks? Am I going home on time or I make carving time out for myself, but also how the team are feeling as well could be some measures of success that we can look at. Anybody else who's not shared yet? Angie, I can see you nodding. Have you got any other thoughts about what success could be? I was just going to say to measure the um, well-being of all of the staff. Yeah. To ensure that, you know, not only ourselves are, are getting our breaks, but also the the rest of the team, um, you know, to make sure that everyone is, is sort of managing it together. Yeah. Because a lot, um, especially me, I don't actually work in the same building um, as, as sort of my main surgery. So I make a conscious effort that I'm sort of, you know, I pop in more regular, I, I'll, I'll answer the telephones, I'll send someone to make, you know, to get a cup of coffee or something. So the, we just need to make sure that everyone feels part and, and you know, it's not on us and then. Yeah, I think that's a really good measure. 
fantastic thank you angie um, the, the only thing i'd say i mean i um, exactly agree with what angie's just said but um we're not very good at looking after ourselves we, i look after my team really really well and i but i do not preach i do not what is it? I can't remember the phrase, but yeah, exactly. So I tell them all to have holidays. I tell them all to have breaks, but I don't do it myself. Len, that's because you're passionate about what you're delivering, isn't it? And I, it I, is absolutely. I think yeah. everybody else on we the all team. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, everybody on the team will say yes. I mean, you're absolutely right. I can't remember the last time I've had a break for a lunch or anything like that because you just carry on, don't you? And yeah. you're right. You. You, you, I think again. I've forgotten what you're trying to say, but you, you don't do what you preach, isn't it? You say, it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you preach. I think somebody said, did they? Thank That's you. Yeah, yeah. Then. Practice what you preach. I mean, I agree with with Len and, and Kamlesh. It's just, I mean, I mean, this is my day off, which you know, so you're you're honoured. <laughs> no, I'm only teasing. Um, I just, I just don't get up really early on my day off, and then I just, you know, do the houseworky things that you have to do, and then I sit down and work, and I'll probably work tomorrow. I try and give myself Sundays off because otherwise you're burnt out. And, and I really, you know, I thought I would work till I was 66, 67 when I get my state pension. But I'm only 61 and I, I don't know if I can work another five years. I really don't. Not like this. It will kill us all, I'm sure. But anyway, well, so that's why I'm here to set you on here. You have to save me. <laughs> or well, Judith, Judith, I save myself. Like, if the next six years are like this one, I think we're all going <laughs> to struggling a little bit. So let's not try and predict that. Yeah, this will definitely turn. That's for sure. But so yeah, hi Emmy, nice to see you. You've joined us. It's um, and Kelly as well. Yeah, we're just talking about success. So how do we, do we feel successful? And if we do, what are we measuring? So we started with the sort of tasky stuff, didn't we, around getting our to-do list done, emails, um, getting enough commissions in, communicating with the team, all that sort of stuff. But actually, by probing it, we're starting to explore that. Actually, if we look after ourselves, have breaks, get home on time, understand where our staff are at, are they okay? Which then led to this discussion around the fact that actually, we're probably very good at making sure everybody else is getting what they need. But are we doing that for ourselves as well? And I think that's really, really important. There's, a, there's an article we've got, actually, we might be able to send it out, Paul, at the end of this. It's the shadow of the leader, isn't it? So yeah. actually people, they model and follow what you do as a leader. So ironically, if you want people to take breaks and to look after themselves and do all the great things you're advising them to do, you kind of need to walk the talk yourself and show them that. Um, so if you can't do it for yourself, maybe another way of looking at it is to go, well, if I do it, my team will follow it and then my team will be OK. So that's a, if, you go, if you feel like you can't quite give yourself permission, maybe it's permission to do it because your team will follow you. And there will be those who are conscientious going, do you know, I probably need 10 minutes right now, but I've, I know my manager's not stepped out of that office yet, you know, so I'm just going to. And it's, some of it's not even conscious. It's just natural behaviours. We had a great example once of, um, I knew somebody, he worked high up in a company and he got himself a Land Rover car. And they said about Shadow of the Leader. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, look in the car park. <laughs> and every other car <laughs> was a Land Rover, right? Because people just naturally like kind of just want to follow and do or emulate. This was an environment where they were you know, obviously looking for progression and trying to emulate their manager. But it is that kind of people do, do look to see what you're doing. Um, and actually, sometimes, I mean, we've been there where you think, Joe, you know, I just haven't got time for 20 minutes break or lunch. I'll crack on through because I can get stuff done. The reality is there's some brilliant graphs that demonstrate that if you don't take those 20 minute break, your productivity starts to tail off earlier in the afternoon 
which means overall you have achieved less than if you had taken the 20 minute break in the first place. So again, it's one of those, it's just, can you reshape and go and give yourself permission for some of these, some of these things to happen. But in terms of the subject of success, what we were trying to get to really was that um, as humans, we have a need for success and a need to have a sense of achievement in what we're doing. And we use success to measure that. Um, but in these times, it can be difficult to get a sense of achievement because you're kind of firefighting a bit on the hamster wheel. As one thing comes in, you're on to the next one and we don't necessarily notice it. We're just doing, doing, doing. Um, and it's quite difficult because when we get a sense of achievement or a sense of reward, that gives us energy. And that energy is renewing, which then motivates us, which then allows us to move on and do the next thing. So if we keep succeeding in a way that we don't notice, that's just get tasks done, get tasks done, but don't actually feel a sense of reward from them, that's draining our energy, which is why over time we have these days where we want to fall over or hide under the quilt or pretend we're not in, you know, or don't really speak to me because this might be the day where I, I go. But actually, it's because we haven't got the energy to deal with it. So what we're kind of suggesting is in your successes, A, can you spot a sense of reward in them that you've done? Or B, measure success differently. It's not just about the tasks. Are you noticing what you've done well with the team? Are you noticing how you helped that member of staff who was in your office earlier in tears? Are you noticing how you're keeping the wheels on the bus or that you're managing to get some comms and stuff out? Because if you notice it, you then appreciate the sense of achievement and reward, which in turn will give you energy, which recharges you to go on to the next thing. So that's the kind of the intrinsic loop that happens when it comes to success and reward, which is why we wanted to play with the idea of success today. Um, when you also have a sense of reward and renewed energy, it gives you some space. And space is recharge, space is a gap, space is perspective. Uh, it's a chance to view things from a different angle. It's a chance to take a step back. And these gaps and these spaces, they could be tiny at times, but they're so important as well in that renewal in terms of resting and being able to just reflect. So we can use little tasks. You know, we talk about People use gratitude journals and stuff, and it's for a reason. It's because our brain's really good at picking up on what hasn't gone well or the disaster around us or the threats, but we're not very good at spotting what we did well and praising and recognizing stuff for ourselves. So the idea of a full gratitude journal is to be, you know, to every day spend some time going, what am I grateful for? What went well? Now, we might not all have time for that, but have we got time to write ourselves a post-it note going, do you know what? Horrendous day, but when I left... This is one thing that went well today. I'm going to stick it on my screen and I can start tomorrow morning looking at that. I did well in that area. Or I achieved this and I achieved that, but actually, what did it give me? Was there any sense of reward in that? Did I notice how it made me feel? Rather than just straight onto the next one, because that's then the hamster wheel and that's when our energy runs out and that's when we fall out of it rather ungracefully all over the floor with our arms and legs in the air. <laughs> um, so we talked about task lists, which I find fascinating with this success stuff because actually Paul was talking to us about this. I think it's absolutely brilliant. When we write a task list, we write, don't we? Um, must sort out the shifts for next week. Must speak to Sue about that. Must make sure the team are okay, right? And then we tick it, don't we? And for those of you who like a tick list, what sense of reward does it give you? What does it give you when you tick a list? 
Judith thumbs <laughs> up. Jane's like, yeah, we love a tit. I am a, a self-confessed tit list nut. I will write a list after I have done the items so that I can go back and tick them off and make myself feel better, right? Because I'm looking, yeah, Kelly's put her things up. Because you're looking for this sense of reward, you know? Like if I tick it, I've done good. But let's face it, sort team out, tick. It's inspiring, isn't it? Yeah. Speak to Sue, tick. Great, great. Just tasks, just tasks, guys. No sense of reward or achievement in that whatsoever. So this was Paul's idea. I think it's absolutely genius is to start a different style of to-do list, right? Your normal to-do list, but split in half down the middle. On the left, phrase them as you normally would. Sort team out, speak to Sue, organize this, do that. Ring somebody who's at home working, whatever it might be. On the right, you have to write it emotionally with a sense of reward. So I'll rephrase some for you. I inspired Sue today to feel more motivated about her role. I motivated the team with a great speech about how we're going to get through this and I bought them all pizza for lunch. I checked in with our homeworkers to make sure they feel connected and engaged with our team. Now go back and tick the right-hand side of that list and how different would that feel to ticking the left? Honestly, I've got to give credit to Paul. It's absolute genius, this. I'm going to start doing it. It's absolutely brilliant. But when you tick those, my God, do we suddenly feel like we've done something? A massive sense of reward, feeling, emotion, which is then a sense of achievement, which then renews our energy. Like even talking about it, I'm now, you know, reading them out. You feel more inspired and more energized straight away. So just as a, that's the challenge we're going to set you off with today, actually. How can you write a two-sided list for a few days and see if you can challenge yourself to write it with a perspective of emotion, sense of reward, and what you did, gave, delivered, inspired, motivated, and just see how it makes you feel. I'm banking on it's pretty good. I can see some smiles. It could work. I love it. It's a great idea. Um, what this is also about is just training our brain to notice the good stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was doing something last night with Tony Robbins and it just said, there are plenty of problems out there. If you want to find a problem and look for one, go for it because you, you can fill your bucket. There are hundreds if you want to look for them. The reality is, though, there are great stuff out there as well. And it's not like, you know, knobby positive thinking, if that's how you feel about it. It's kind of like, actually... We can choose how we look at it. And if we choose how we look at it, we can give it some energy and that energy directly reflects back to us. And then it, it's a loop, just charges and keeps going. So an, an alternative idea to have a little think about. Um, we are, we're going to share some, some quotes with you now. So there's two quotes that came out of our um, looking into this over the last few weeks that we found absolutely brilliant. So the first one is this. So for those who can't see, success does not equal happiness. I'm going to give you just a few moments to digest that. Then I want to hear what you take from it and what your thoughts are, if that's okay. So success does not equal happiness. If everybody's got that, I'm going to come away from the share. So go on. Who's got a thought on that? Has anybody taken anything away? I suppose, is it the same thing as, you know, money can't buy you happiness and that you could be very successful, but not have a home life, you know, work all the hours God sends. So you're probably right. Success doesn't equal happiness at mm -hmm. all. 
Um, but I suppose when you're struggling in your job, like we all are, just because of the complete overload of work, then you do feel a bit depressed and defeated. So you're right, it is, isn't it? That you can be very, very successful, but not have a decent life, you know, a bit like us, really. <laughs> just my thoughts. <laughs> And it goes back again, like you said, to how you measure success. If you're measuring the wrong things, it's not going to make you happy. No, necessarily. No. Could, Any it other be that, could it be that it's somebody else's success and that it's not your personal achievement or your, and that's why you're not happy? So you're making somebody else successful and you say, right, I've done this, I've done this. Yeah, great, great. But you didn't feel good about it? Yeah. And you're, you, you know, you're, you're uh, I think what you just said about the emotional side of things and everything else, is it that we're talking about some of it to do with that? Yeah, it is. It's, it's how you look at success, isn't it? And how you measure it. And then it, it's how it links to what we're doing as well. I'll come on to it a little bit more in detail. I just want to hear from a few more. So thanks, Kamlesh. Who's not spoke? Oh, Len, go on. You got something. Well, and, yeah. Uh, happiness is a state of mind. It's not um, necessarily you don't get it from success. It's, it's down to you as an individual. It's how you see the world and how you react to things. So it's very personal. Um, I could be very happy, but not be very successful. Um, it's entirely up to me how I view happiness, not anyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyone else who's not shared? Emmy, have you got any thoughts? I'm picking on you. I think that um, as um, managers, senior managers in primary care, we the goalposts are always moving. So I think it's like you were saying earlier about not recognising the success we've already had because we, we will reach a goal, but the goalposts have changed. And so, you know, we're always trying to achieve the next the next goal um, and we don't always uh, look retrospectively and say, do you know what, actually we've achieved a lot. Um, so I, I don't think happiness is linked to success, but I do think that sometimes the success, we don't, we don't understand our own success or recognise it. Yeah, really good point. Thanks, Amy. Uh, one more, I'm going to, Jane, are you able to share? No, I'm still th thinking, thanks. That's okay, that's great. So Kelly's what it is... Success, Luce. On, Sorry? on the chat, Kelly, I don't, know if, I don't think it was a success when she Kelly typed it. It was more about an energy, but she has been running three miles every day. Wow. Quite a success, or quite a big garden as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it must be to get three miles in. <laughs> I'd be dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. My so garden is a tenth of a mile. Uh, a tenth of a mile you are dizzy then <laughs> <laughs> well done well done oh i'd like to get to that point that would be success if i could get to that definitely but this this idea around the quote if success does not equal happiness so this comes from um a guy called jay shetty he was a monk at the age of 21 for quite a few years actually and is now a sort of motivational speaker and does lots of different things um, in America, so it only can happen. But we are giving you a podcast link today that's the Happy Place podcast by Fern Cotton, and she's interviewing Jay Shetty. So, you know, it, it's about taking out of it. We don't always like the personalities involved, or we do, but you know, it's about taking out some of the learnings. And this particular podcast talks about success does not equal happiness, but the fact that they are just not linked. But in our society, we are brought up to link them. You know, if you do well at school, you'll get good exam results. Therefore, you can have a good life. 
if you achieve X, Y, and Z, you get a good job, you can earn more money, then you will be happy. This is, it's all this intimated idea that if we don't do that, we're not going to get on very well and we won't be happy if we don't achieve that. So it's always been linked for us. And as a result, uh, unconsciously, if we've had a bad day at work or we're not succeeding in a certain area, and as Len says quite rightly, sometimes because it's got nothing to do with us, we are fighting a you know a losing battle because the other things aren't in place out of our control. That can affect our happiness, and the reality isn't they are two different strands entirely. Now I find that quite freeing if you've not thought about that before. It means I'm in control of my happiness, and success is another thing at work. And what I like about the way he phrases the quote is if you turn it on its head, it's suggesting that if you are not successful, you cannot be happy, which we all know is rubbish. You can have people who maybe don't have success, i.e. depending how you measure it, but a home or a job or lots of money or loads of things at their, their hand to, to use and do, but they could be very happy because they have a happy family or a happy unit or a happy environment that they work in, um, uh, live in, sorry, with their community. So it's just, I like the idea you can disconnect the two. So even though work, and this scenario might feel like we're never ending treadmill hamsters right now and it might not feel successful actually that is definitely separate to our happiness so what are we doing for ourselves that makes us feel happier and therefore we could be less rocked by what's going on around us so it's just a really interesting um concept really that you know can help you put work stuff to the side or take the other we talked about first is define success in a different way which then we can feel and reward ourselves there's a couple of different angles in which you can take with that anybody else want to add anything else before i throw the next one at you good all right this next quote i love and it does blow heads okay so i'm going to let you just have a 30 seconds to digest So again, I'm going to ask you guys to share your thoughts. So uh, this is by a guy called Thomas Keeley. An old quote. I am not who you think I am. I am not who I think I am. I am who I think you think I am. Now, if your heads weren't already pickled coming into this, there we go. So go on. Can anybody decipher that for us or unpick it? Is this something to do with others' perception of you? Yeah, perception's a big part in that. Yeah. I think um, it was interesting because I did um, an LMC course over Blanford years ago. Louise will probably remember. And we had um, a, not a counsellor, but somebody to do John with... John Perry, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. It was brilliant. And um, we all had to stand in a queue as to sort of how confident or whatever we felt we were or something like that. And I put down at the, I was like down the bottom of not confident. And people said, oh, bloody hell, Jude, of course you're confident. And what, what are you on about? You're like, you should be right at the other end. I said, so how people perceive me is completely different than probably what I am. I'm not as confident as people think. And they said, but you, you are confident. And I said, well, I'm not really. Um, I'm all right with people I know. But I w I'm not so confident with people I don't. But everyone thinks I am. So I suppose that's it, isn't it? You are whatever the last one was. Think I am or whatever. Everyone <laughs> thinks I'm. Everyone thinks I'm so confident and with it. And I've done my 42 years, and I'm just amazing. But 
I don't feel I am at all. It's really weird. So I, I think that's what that means, I believe. Brilliant. Thank you, Judith. Yeah, there's definitely definitely an element of perception and and how you perceive yourself or how you think other people perceive you. I'll go on and get some more thoughts. Anybody else want to add? June, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to come to you. It's quite happily sleeping there, Lucy. No, I know. Um, I apologise. What do I think that means? I, I I think sometimes, as a manager, the culture can go can get linked into that as well because if you have new staff joining the culture of the manager that maybe was there before could move with that staff mm-hmm. if you see what I mean so it's perception but it's a different kind of perception yeah absolutely good yeah good point anybody else wants to share a thought I think it's yeah. with regards to how we um, how we conform to other people's perceptions of us so um, actually, if, you know, um, if, if, if somebody uh, says that um, you're outgoing or, you know, confident like, like Judith had, then actually um, you might therefore want to live up to that expectation um, and therefore, you know, change who you really are as a consequence. Absolutely. So this is the idea that this the last bit I love, you know, um, I am who I think you think I am. So instead of just being who I think I am, so this is like me saying, you know, um, I am who I think Paul thinks I am. So there's, there's two problems with that. Is one, I'm relying on Paul's opinion of me. And two, I'm based on what I think I think Paul thinks of me. So I'm not even in his own head. Like I'm making my own judgments on what he's thinking. And then I'm leaving what I am up to what he thinks rather than what about me? What do I think? So it's this idea that we're constantly comparing or constantly it's a bit of the imposter stuff kicks in, you know, it's looking at other people and going, well, they're doing that. They must be thinking I'm not doing that. Therefore that's what I am. Which, you know, again, it's just the assumption that a, you know what they're thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And B that that is the case in the first place. And um, it's then how we compare ourselves. So, you know, again, another freeing statement, I think is that you can just be who you are and not worry about other people think which sounds easy. But when you think of how ludicrous it is that we assume we know what other people are thinking and that that's what they must think of us. It was phrased as in the, when you do the podcast, it's phrased as that we are living our life for somebody else and their judgments and what they think of us and what they are measuring us on. Is that, that's a separate life. It's not our life. So the context for you in work is we were talking about um, you might be looking at other practices or other PMs right now and going, do you know what? They've got this. They're all over it and I feel behind. Or that practice has got to this stage with their vaccinations and we haven't. We're not doing very well. Or I've lost quite a few staff and this practice hasn't. What's going on for us? Or you could do it in the positive sense as well. It doesn't matter which way around. But that comparing kind of stuff going on. And there's a difference in how you compare. If you compare through ego it can be quite damaging because you're comparing through, is it better or worse than I am? Is it reflective of how we are or we aren't succeeding or of what we are and aren't doing or my skills as a manager and where we're at? Am I talking about that other practice from ego, which is quite, quite you know, secretly quite happy we're a bit ahead of them because it makes me feel better about where I'm at. You know, thank God I haven't got their struggles and all that sort of stuff kicks in. So the idea he also explores is how can we view ourselves with others 
through just heart and soul, really, which is just out of kindness and positive intention. That's where that practice is. They're doing that. Wouldn't it be great to learn how they're doing that bit so we could benefit from it and use that for ourselves? Um, we're here, that one's struggling. Why don't we talk to them to see if there's something we can do to support them? And his view is about the fact that we're all on the same team, but the wider team. And it goes back to what you were saying, Len, earlier. We can all be doing our little bits, but actually the wider team could be doing so much more. And sometimes the person on our team is our partner or our best friend or, I don't know, somebody near to you. Our, our team could be our literal team in work. We're all on the same team. Um, or our team is a greater team as all in the same boat as general practice right now, going through what we're going um, or if you want to go to it, we could go to humans are all on the same team. So why are some of us poisoning the world and some of us making it better? You know, why aren't we all working together? So we explore some different ideas, but I really like this idea that actually for our happiness, let's not worry about judging ourselves against other people. You just be who you think you are. You're good at your job. You, you wouldn't be in it if you're not doing it. You have strengths. You utilize them. Uh, the shortcut to not having some strengths is to find somebody else who has got it and use them or borrow them. Don't worry about it. If it's an area you don't do so well in, don't worry about it. Find someone who does do it well. Um, but that's all okay if we're not inwardly uh, judging ourselves against other people or worrying about what other people are thinking. Um, so it's all a bit deep, but I quite like it to just give yourself a brain arrest. You just be who you think you are. Don't worry about everybody else and get help or help others. We're on the same team. <laughs> just Try and lighten it all a little bit, I guess. That's where that one's kind of going. Um, right, where are we at on time? So we have got a little tool to share. This is all stuff you've just seen before, actually. Um, but it came again from this guy called Jay Shetty, which you'll hear more about as you go through. So he talks about these four things, thankfulness, inspiration, meditation and exercise. But what I want to do is just put them in context for the roles you do, because you can think about these in ways that are probably not possible for us to get to right now, or we can think about them practically in the world that you're in. So thankfulness could be that gratitude diary, you know, really going for it, having meditation and thinking about all the stuff you're you know, um, grateful for, which is all well-placed and brilliant, um, but it could be you haven't got time for that. So what they're saying is that one of the best ways to make yourself feel better is to genuinely thank somebody else for something. So in your, your um, world, I guess that is if you actually spoke to some other people with some great examples of why you're delighted with what they've done or thank them for their efforts or contribution, you cannot help but um, feel good from having done that. So it brings back thankfulness to you, um, but also increases your relationship with that person as well and your relationship with your team. So that's a really nice thing. The other thing is to increase that bond with yourself and thank yourself. So this is back to write yourself a post-it note. What did I do well today? I'm going to hang on to that. I deserve it. Or at the end of the week, right, feels rubbish. It's Friday. I'm exhausted. But I'm going to name three things that went really well this week. Because if I acknowledge them and think of them, it renews my energy as well. Inspiration. Um, he talks about this in context of purpose. What am I here for? Why do I do what I do? What am I passionate about? But what I liked is he brought it back down to practical thing is actually, um, oh, the example Paul's got here, each day we wash to be clean in the same way we need to be inspired each day to feel motivated. Find a quote that resonates with you and try to live it for a week. So this is about, he breaks it down to going, are we just curious about anything? Is there anything that makes us that we enjoy to read? 
Is there a subjects we like to look at? Is there anything that makes us um, a spark of energy in what we do or something we enjoy doing? But it's just what are we um, curious about? But yeah, is there something you can find that would just give you a bit of inspiration? Can you have a quote on the wall at work or on a post-it note? We don't have to go over the top, just something practical and little um, that maybe just makes us think um, a little bit differently or a different perspective. Uh, meditation again I don't think you guys unless you're getting up early have got time for full-on couple of hours of meditation in the middle of the day every day at the moment as much as that would be lovely but um, he puts this in just this time to renew so this is this taking a 20-minute lunch break and going for a little walk uh, five minutes where you just shut outlook down so it stops pinging at you for five minutes um, we did an online course the other day and somebody said how amazing it is that when you put your headphones on in your office people don't disturb you because you think you're on your call so, you know, fake a call, uh, you know, pretend you're on a course, pretend you're on a call to somebody and give yourself 10 minutes out. Um, somebody else said to us, they put a sign on their door. You like that one, Tracy? Someone said, um, put a sign on your door. I'm on an online course and put your headphones on. <laughs> they can't come in unless it's urgent. You know, it's about carving some space out for you guys. Uh, but just five minutes is so renewing. Um, the other one we did last night, it, I was on a session, was they do the running man, which I'm not suggesting you do, but it is about energy in your body moving, doing something different. So standing on the part spot, you can do running man, 20 seconds each side, like just something different, you know, move your body, get some energy, do something different. But that's what you meant by meditation. And then exercise as it sounds, doing something during the day that just gets you out and about and stretches those muscles and get you moving. Um I'll come off that for a sec. I don't know about you, but I mean, we can spend an awful lot of time, can't we, with mice in hand? You know, I was looking for a mouse. I've lost it somewhere. That's how crazy my desk is. But, um, you know, it's the same position all day, can't we? And actually, you know, that isn't going to help because we go home and if you're of a certain age, and we call it over 40 because the minute you hit 40, something hurts and you think, great, where did that come from? I didn't know I had ailments. And then every six months you're blessed with a new one. Um, so it is thinking about how we move, stretch, because over time, you know, we're going to end up with bad backs, bad shoulders, headaches, all sorts kicks in, doesn't it? Which then makes it even harder for us to find the energy to do what we want to do. So bit of moving as we go along. So that was his suggestion. So a model of time. Has anybody got any other ideas, by the way, that are helpful you could share around little, little, uh, little cheeky ideas to give yourself some space at work at the moment? I, I like your idea about putting the mic on, actually, because I do that as well. And they, then I sit down thinking, God, was it important they wanted to talk to me? <laughs> but it does keep them away. Um, uh, and that's good. And I think I've, I've, this is my first time on the call, and I'm glad I came in because your little bits will help me when I get back to work next week um, to keep myself energized. And I think give myself some me time. Mm. Um, especially what you, what we've kind of touched base on is the perception side of things as well. Uh, you know, it's the inner voice, isn't it? Sometimes that kind of kills you. <laughs> I can see a few yeah. heads no, uh, nodding there, but it's the it's controlling that inner voice is something that maybe I like to uh, talk about it sometime in future. If anybody got any insight into it, yeah. um, uh, to control my inner voice because that's sometimes what drives everybody a bit funny, doesn't it? <laughs> It does, Kamalash. And if you look it up, it's, it's kind of known as the inner critic as well. So it's listening to it and thinking, yeah. hey, what are you basing that assumption on? So if the little voice is saying, do you know what? You've really not got this. It's like, <laughs> based on what? Who's telling me I haven't? And who's measuring me and who's judging me? 
oh well I am oh okay well, <laughs> we should stop doing that so but again it's all natural stuff that kicks in it's not until our awareness is brought to it that maybe we can think about doing something different but oh my god things are tough enough we don't need an inner voice do we or critic no and I think that's when some well, of my staff come and say to me are you being too hard on you but I think that's natural you know this is this is what I like to do and they think oh you're being too hard on you but my inner voice is saying something else <laughs> yeah yeah so it's easy to say to other people isn't it stop being so tough on yourself yeah we'll come away and judge ourselves for what we have or haven't done so you know it goes back to that kind of premise of just being kind to ourselves at the moment there is no harm in being kind to ourselves and taking them there's a couple of things actually just listening to you Kamala said one is you know it, it shouldn't have to take putting your earphones on to keep people away right mm. you know sometimes people come to you and they are like this is urgent it needs to be done now they've you know, got lots of energy about it that suggests it's all very you know we're all getting very upset about it and it's very important. But if we actually question it is, yeah, I get it's important and it's urgent. When does it need to be done by? Because their actions and their whole energy suggesting it needed to be done five minutes ago, right? Along with everything else on your list. But if you actually say, well, but when is it needed? What's the impact if we didn't deliver that till next week? Sometimes when people talk that out loud, they go, do you know what? Actually, yeah, it feels important to me right now. But if I have it by Thursday, that would be OK. And that then helps you manage your lists much more effectively. But we assume when someone says it's urgent and important and is flapping around with all this energy, that it's your level of urgent and important. And so suddenly you end up with everybody else's urgent and important. And actually, it's worth challenging it sometimes and then what happens over time is people don't bring you things in that manner unless it is urgent important you don't gent gently educate people to go she's going to ask me if it's urgent actually it's not actually i probably don't need to knock on a door i might just send an email and people I, I, gently go away it's a nice way to start educating I, people. I, I i think you're absolutely right and that's something i'll start doing because um, the other thing that goes in my mind when i'm when, when something like that happens is Oh, am I demotivating that person? That is that person thinking I don't care about her and all that stuff. But if you have this, if you put that little process into place um, and and create that kind of culture, it, it it's something. I, I suppose it depends on where your team levels are under at the moment. They are, they are coming. And I get that. You do worry about the impact you're having on your team and you know they're under strain. And I hear people going, I don't want to put them under more strain because the last thing I need is them falling over because I know I've got a bigger headache and it's ah. But actually, you know, generally people are adults, they can take responsibility and they will work to the standards of the management around them. So if you're somebody who's a helper and a fixer, they will come to you every seven seconds for someone to do it. There's no harm in pushing back and going, look, I know you've come to me. I tell you what, um, what would you do if I wasn't here? Or if I was to give you the chance to solve this today, what would the options be? And that's a halfway house because you get them thinking, yet you can still discuss how you proceed. So they feel like they've still got your hand. The next time, what would you do if you were going to do this? Why well, do this and this? Well, I trust you. Off you go and figure out. That's fine. And then I saw you did that and it worked really well. Well done. Praise and recognition for what they did. Gently move people away. But if you are somebody who's doing everything for everybody at the moment, you, you do not have the resources for this ongoing. You will fall over. It's just it's just life. Like we can't fix and do something for everybody in our world. So there is no it's a bit like tough love, but there's no harm in just gently pushing the tide back and saying or even being honest. Do you know what? My list's like this. I'd love to add that to my list. How important is it? 
Well, it's semi-important. Okay, could it go on tomorrow's list or next week's list? Yes, of course. Thank you very much. In fact, next time you bring me some stuff, it'd be great to know which of my lists that's going on. So they come prepared <laughs> with that idea, you know? So gently pushing people back is definitely needed. The other tip is um, explaining to people there are certain tasks that need your undivided attention and concentration, right? You all know, don't you? You've got this big job to do and you sit down and you get everything, knock, knock, knock on the door. Yes, I can help you. <laughs> Brilliant, I'll get back to it. Where was I? What was I doing? How big is this task? Right, I'll just get my head back into that. Blah, blah, knock, 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 knock. Right, <laughs> back and forth. And you spend all this time trying to get your head into something and then you've got to come out of it, back in, out, out. So it ends up taking you four times longer than actually, if you also can educate your team to say, I'm going to put a star on my door or an A that signals A time. And that means I'm about to get stuck into something pretty, you know, deep and dirty is going to need all my concentration in mind. I've got myself a brew and I'm ready. If you see that A, that's what I'm doing for an hour which means could you wait, wait until the hour, until the sign comes off or only disturb me if it's really urgent? And then you've got half a chance of getting your head stuck into something. Um, and then, but then you have to be really strict and turn your email off as well, because what happens <laughs> at the door, and it is ping, I'll just look at that, ping. And before you know it, you're eight tasks that direction, aren't you? Because one's <laughs> led to the next, to the next, so it's gone. <laughs> and then you come all the way back at the end of the day and go, I never did that. Never got that system. So, you yeah. wonder what how your time went off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd it go? What happened? I think I think the emails are a big killer at the moment. And you're absolutely right. Turn the damn thing off for five minutes. Turn it <laughs> off. It doesn't hurt. Like you put it on silent or offline just for half an hour. Get a task done and reward yourself with a cup of tea and twenty five. I bet you I bet you Judette's off today, but her, she keeps looking at her phone to see what's happening at work with email, aren't you, Judith? I know, I know. And people are ringing me about the COVID vaccination that's just been arrived. And I know. And then I had to go and get a glass of my water. I'm, really, I'm not very good, am I? So, I know people just won't leave me bloody alone. Sorry, you have to beat that out. I know, I mean, I know nobody leaves me alone. I've got email on it, chat, everything. My mobile, my home mobile is now my work mobile because I'm out and about and doing everything. I have to give my, my own personal mobile to people. So I never get any peace and quiet 24 7. But yes, genuinely. I apologize. No, 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 I, I, no, I'm just saying that's the nature of what yes, we're doing, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. I, I know. Mean, I, I've decided to take this odd time off and I'm. Uh, uh, my 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 son and my daughter have said right. They've taken my phone away, and I had to beg for this laptop Oops. today. I said, Look, <laughs> I need to go, and this is to do with happiness. And she said, "All right, Dad, but at two o'clock, you're giving it back to me." Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. a really good yeah, idea. We all need. Well, we need your son and daughter in our yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> um, Genuinely, these are you. you it's just that sometimes nobody else is going to give you permission. You know, I'd love it if your partners would walk up to you and go, do you know what? You look like you're a bit frazzled today. Uh, why don't you take a few hours this afternoon to recharge and connect and I'll take over, right? I'm guessing not happening in a million years. Or it might be. You might have some of that support. I might be wrong. <laughs> but, so the point is you have to give yourself permission for this stuff. And it's the long game, isn't it? You know, vaccines won't be delivered next week. You know, we're not all out of lockdown in three weeks' time. You've still, we are still on a bit of a longer game at the moment. So how do you operate at 90% so that you've got a chance of lasting longer than trying to operate at 110 and risking falling over? Because the impact of that is even worse, isn't it, for you guys? <sighs> Giving yourself that space to recharge, okay? And there was another example I wanted to share was, you know, in an aeroplane, when the, um, oh, hopefully nobody's ever seen it, on the safety video, 
you know when the air things drop down the, the oxygen mask what do they advise if you've got kids yeah yeah i love it two people have answered me on mute right yeah put it on yourself first right you look after yourself so you can look after others and this is exact when you listen to the podcast it's the same thing from um, this guy jay shetty he's the monk you've got to look after yourself in order to serve others and you do serve others you have a team that you look after and your patients and your community that you're supporting so you cannot serve or support others if you are not looking after yourselves now i know some of you are probably doing that very well and you're organized and all over it um but there might be moments where you're not doing maybe as much as you could and there'll be some of you at the other end who've not given yourself a second thought maybe in the last four weeks so that's kind of where we might leave this i guess in terms of taking stuff away is give yourself that time look after yourself permission measure your success in a different way i love the challenge of the to-do list from paul write an emotional one or one that gives you reward or a sense of achievement or recognition and see how that plays out that could be really interesting we are also going to share we've got a five minute ted read ted talk read on seven types of rest so rest isn't just sleeping so it offers you just some other ideas for recharge. We got a five minute read on self-reflection about if you were to play hooky for the day, i.e. take the day off and leg it, what would you do with it? And I'd recommend it. We actually had, I won't share names, but we had a practice manager we met in November who was what I would call at the end of, you know, in a dip, properly in a dip. Um, and we had a really long talk about all of this sort of stuff. And they made the decision, like Kem Lash has, to go away and take a week off. And we met them last week and they're a different person because they've taken the time out. So they haven't continued to go into the dip. You know, they recharged, found a different perspective and have found a different way to manage things. And I know that doesn't seem like it might be possible right now, but it's that long term picture. If you don't take some time out, if you need it right now for yourself, you know, even your weekend or your evenings or put some boundaries somewhere, what will be the impact on you long term? And is that going to serve your community, your people, your patients in the way that you wish to? Because that's what's driving it, isn't it? Is the great stuff you want to do in your role. That's the end of the sermon. I feel like a bit preachy now. But anyway, so we will share those resources. We share the podcast. It's a nice listen. Um, you know, so that's something that you can use. And we set you the challenge as well of um, writing an emotional to-do list. So maybe if we see you at the next one, you could share with us or even share with Louise in the meantime, how that's gone and if it plays out. I'm, I'm going to have a go next week. That's my challenge. I'm going to have a go at it as well. Does anybody have any questions? Oh, Kelly, sorry, I didn't realise you'd put that. Discovered running, good for the soul. Yeah, I see she's found something that's for her. <coughs> Gin and tonics, equally as useful. <laughs> Lucy, can I ask you, um, obviously this is... Uh, uh, do you have a WhatsApp group or anything like that for this kind of within your um, do you know what? about sharing information and having a bit of a laugh? And I, I'm just asking. Yeah, no, questions. not WhatsApp group, but we are trying to from one of these last month. I was trying to set up a buddy session. We had a meeting this week, but unfortunately, most of the group couldn't come uh, because of what was going on. So this is the thing, isn't it? The, sometimes life takes over. You guys have managed to prioritize it today, which is great, but not everybody's been able to do that. But the next meeting's in March, so we can definitely get you added to that list, Kamala, if that's Yeah, amazing. yeah. I mean, my buddy at the moment for the last few weeks has been Louise since I discovered her by fluke. Yeah. Uh <laughs> she's everybody's buddy, Kamala. She's okay. You're allowed that. No, she's mine. 
<laughs> he's not sharing see, see it's all about looking after your team isn't it yeah very good <laughs> but um no genuinely if you're interested the buddy thing is all all it was is we were just hosting an hour or two together an yeah, hour yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. where you all come together and we could talk about what you need and then maybe you know it's just just this sharing isn't it where you can talk and okay. share with one another so if it's of interest just fire an email through to myself or louise whoever's contact easiest. yeah yeah i think it's all about the list it's all about sharing experience and getting knowledge and, you know, feeling good about it because everybody has come from different background. And um, I like sharing and gaining knowledge as well. So happy to do that. Good. Thank you. Well, thank you for contributing today as well. I've done great. Any other questions from anybody else? Lucy, that's been so interesting. Um, I just thank you, everybody, for sort of taking the, the time out of their incredibly busy week to listen and be and I heard other people who I know aren't on the course they say that's really intriguing success happiness how is that and I just say Lucy and I did work quite hard this week to try and work out what to say because it is really quite a challenge um but thank you for listening thank you for being with us and I was thinking about the happiness thing and I was watching something yesterday and they said to this girl this was nothing to do with COVID it's outside COVID what makes you happy and she said music ice cream and cheese and I just thought that's lovely, isn't it? You know, there are actually that. I said nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with lockdown. Actually, still looking at the small things you can get pleasure from, um, and I think that's lovely. And one of the things that, yeah, I mean, you're also passionate and you always work so hard. But one thing you were saying earlier, Lucy, is you know, you are not the success of your practice. You have to be really careful that actually, if something goes wrong, it's not your fault. You are doing the best you possibly can, and, and what you're doing is incredible. So we'll put out all the thing, all the all the goodies that Lucy's is sharing with you. We'll put those on the website and make sure I email those to you. And um, yes, thanks, Glenn. Um, the sessions helped me out, and um, yeah, I'm glad you like the sessions. Um, and you know, there's no reason to say we have to stop them when we come to the end of March. We can carry on. It's just doing something different for some of you. We're trying to trying to tap into all the practice managers, 550 of you, to try and give you each what you need at the right time. And that's obviously a challenge, but it's one that we enjoy mm. doing. And um, thank you very much and have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. It's ne we're nearly there, aren't we? We are nearly yeah. at the weekend. Thank you, Lucy. Thank Happy you. Friday, guys. Take good care of yourself. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.